everyone welcome to episode 229 not the footy show i'm warwick nicholson that is rob cox and we didn't get a podcast to you midway through last week but did you really expect one Coxsmith, what's the answer i knew we weren't going to do it mate <laughs> exactly but we're here on monday it's after round two of the 2021 uh, telstra premiership and it is time to talk about not just the football but the farce my friend because the dally m's it's taken two weeks well it took them one week taken two weeks to already have the system just completely show its flaws once again. Luke Keary, not even in the top three players in round number two yesterday. What is going on? Well, look, it seems that some people don't know how to vote who's influential on a football game. I mean, you know, like Brett Morris has done really well to score six mm-hmm. tries in two rounds. Yep. But He's not a playmaker. He's not the one making it happen. He's the one finishing it off. Mm-hmm. Don't know if you can give him all the credit for those six Dally M points. That's what he's got. But some people think that you can. I would have thought, I was at the game yesterday and I thought Luke Keary and Tedesco were equally outstanding. Great. If you, if you could split them with giving them three points each, that would have been, you know, fair, I would have thought. But, fair uh, and reasonable. Hmm, it happened the week before. So to give people clarity, um, the NRL publishes their Dallium votes up until about round 16, I think it is, and they try and turn in a TV event at the end of the year uh, where you don't know who's getting the votes at the end. But they have a leaderboard that goes throughout the year. And on NRL.com, they always post who's got the 3-2-1. They also post who did the voting. Now, we had the issue last year with Jack Whiten and the news breaking that this is the person that won it and all the rest of it. And the year before, we had the, um, the betting scandal. But... The first round this year, the Tigers, sorry, that the uh, Roosters smashed the Seagulls 46 to 4. And young Billy Moore gave three votes to BMOZ, two to Lindsay Collins, and one to Dedesco. And after that game, I know I sent you a message. I put it on the Instagram and the Twitter. How did Teddy get one vote for effectively setting up most of the tries that day, being absolutely amazing? And he gets one vote. And you think I said, put that, write that down for the end of the year when you get your lists and see who's going to win Dally M. Because I think he's been robbed at least, at least one vote, more than likely two. And Sam Thiday steps up and he just says, Billy, step aside. I will step up and I will take the mantle as the worst voter in rugby league because he has given... Oh, hold my beer, Billy. Yeah. Oh, he's given Dane Laurie one Dally M vote in a t- game they lost 40 to 6. It wasn't just there was points at the end of the game and the game was in the balance. Dan Laurie had an okay game, but he did not give one vote to Luke Keary, who set up five tries yesterday. He has 10 try involvements in two games. Yep. And he has no yep. Dalian votes. Three to mm-hmm. BMOZ, two to Teddy, one to Dane Laurie, Sam Thiday. I'm sorry, but you're cheapening what should be the most prestigious award by, I guess, feeling sorry for the kid. Just this is why this award, I'm sorry if you're involved in NRL, I know I've got friends who are, you've just farcicled it. That's not a word, but there you go. You've farcicled it. It's, 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 it's a rot already. It really is. Well, I've got a theory. Here we go. I like theories. Before, before these first two rounds, what cast your mind back a couple of years, what was a big rot in voting for player of the match or player of the year? Can you think of one? Can you think of one that was quite large? Player of the series. <laughs> uh, the way Lewis medaled a B Slater for uh, playing one game right. in a whole Queen- series. Yep. Queenslanders were involved in that. Now, the first two weeks of this, B more, Queenslander. Uh, hey, 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 Tentafieldian, B more. Well, that's in Queensland, my friend. It is. Uh, and one Sam Thido. Um but actually, Thiday and Billy Moore were neither really Queenslanders. I think, yeah, Thiday is from Marungur or something, isn't he? 
I, that I one could be, I could be way off. From. But he, he's not, he, he wasn't, I don't think he was born in. Um, no, there's Tenerfield, which yeah. is New South Wales. And God, where is he from? I remember one was from Hornsby, that, but that might have been Michael Crocker. I don't know. Anyway, Queenslanders I'll that tell you aren't really Queenslanders that are Queenslanders. Sam Fido was born in Sydney. There you go. There you go. Boom. <laughs> uh, chip on the shoulder. Chip on this shoulder. All right. Uh, want, but want to wear the blue. Kiri ends up with zero votes. And this went out through yeah, Twitter this morning. And I'll get your thoughts two seconds. I just want to get one thing out there. Hmm. If you boil down a player of the year award, and we had this discussion with Cleary last, uh, last year over Whiten. And if you boil it down to a single game, you should get votes because you are a difference maker in the game. If I wanted to boil it down to that one defining element that decides who's player of the match, it's difference maker. Mm. How can you be a difference maker when your team gets beaten 40 points to six? You can't be. That's a sympathy vote, mate. It has yeah. to be. I mean, Dane Laurie was all right yesterday, but he was certainly, you know, they got flogged. Yeah. And... Uh, no matter what he did, wasn't going to change anything about that game. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I'll, I'm always against the sympathy vote. You know, the three-two-one. Let's give the one to the losing team. You know, I just think that's it's crappy. But I look, I, mate, I don't think it's going to bother, bother Luke Kiry all that much. I don't he just had a kid. Is. He was beaming after. Uh, I think it was yeah. someone on the sidelines said, yeah. "He's playing so well, though, mate. He is." You know, this is um, this is what we saw out of Luke Keary in the grand final when Kronk really wasn't playing or was playing but wasn't really playing. He's he's kind of grown another leg virtually. You know, he's going so well, and um, Roosters look strong. Geez, they look strong. They look spectacular. There was a comment in the commentary. You wouldn't have heard it because you're at the game. Brad Fittler, New South Wales coach. Now, remember, he gave Luke Keary game one last year, and then he dumped him. All right. Mm. Brought in Cody Walker at the behest of Sleep Doctor, my, my favourite. Um, if anyone thinks that Luke Keary is not a better player, doesn't think that Luke Keary is a better player than Walker, I just I still don't understand that. Walker is a great footballer. He's a, he a player that can turn moments into something. He's really good at that. But gee, Keary's just head and shoulders above him as far as I'm concerned. But there was a comment from Freddie yeah. during the telecast and they sort of they sort of pivoted it. I think Sterlow was in it with Matt Thompson and they pivoted back to... Um, how good Kiri's been going. And I don't have the exact quote, but I'm pretty sure this is what he said. He goes, yeah, he can be dominant when he's the playmaker or when he's in control. I thought that was a really telling comment from Freddie who picks the team for New South Wales, but gave the keys to Nathan Cleary. Now, I'm not saying that he did the wrong thing necessarily giving Cleary the keys, but if he thinks the best Luke Keary that is there is if he is running things, then surely if he's in your team, you let him run things. If you're going to get the best out of him. That's, I just thought that was a really telling comment by the current New South Wales coach. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Look, what, what I think Freddie's uh, trying to get out there and, and, and this would be the point that I make as well is that Keary is the best halfback for the Roosters. A hundred percent. He, he, he is the difference maker. He's the the, the game organizer. He's his game organizing seems to have gotten a little bit better. Mm. Um, but again, if I need a halfback to play for my life, I'm picking Cleary. Mm. See, I'm I, I would it, go Cleary like that. Yeah, look, you, you, I know why you like Cleary because Cleary runs more than Cleary. So he he looks like he's making a difference, but. Cleary's short and long kicking game is miles ahead of Kiri's. And he's he's coolness under pressure. So the Roosters never get much pressure. They don't. All year, they don't get a lot of pressure. Um, mm. And when do they? The two finals them? they won, mate. That, but that's not... They, they led from the front in those, mate. Uh, if you remember, Canberra should have won that match. And Kiri was... He was huge. I'm just, I'm just saying. Look, all, I know you love you, Nathan Cleary. I know you love him. I all love him. Raiders fans are blowing up still about no, Ben Cummins, and he's and he's no. waving. That wasn't why we lost the game. We had what, what, all, what the, all the ball. I don't want to get that one. Let's not go back there. Yeah, right here. You can have Cleary. Um, but I, I just, I'll have Cleary. I just don't. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, I, I think they both should be in the New South Wales team. But it's whether or not Cle- uh, 
Kiri can can play in that team in mm. that system. Yeah, fair um, point. And you know, uh, obviously they think obviously they think that he might be a little bit uh, in the past that he might have been a little bit um, not hardened to to Origin. You know, yeah, it is it is a level above club football, but. I reckon they'll pick him this year. I reckon they'll pick him this year. They can't. They can't not. You know, even if it's even if it's as a bench player, as a yeah. even if it's as an impact player to come on 15, 20 minutes in and just run. You know, um, we I, also I, talk about combos in big games and in two mm. weeks the Teddy Kiri combo. It goes all right. Uh, mm. Speaking of, you were saying before about who we um, thought were good judges. Well, Estide not. Um, he's pretty much proven that. Uh, the other one that just came through WhatsApp the other day, oh, today, I asked for any questions and they just wanted us to discuss, discuss basically whether the Chad deserved any votes last night in the Canberra game. Hmm. I didn't watch it. He didn't watch it. <laughs> Look, he's, he, yeah, okay. he, he tried hard, but um, yeah, uh, he's very big on social, the Chad. I hope he stayed off um, all his accounts today. That would have been the social media management advice I would have given to him. Uh, I will give the Sharks credit, uh, just finishing on this topic. Uh, the NRL put out a, um, this is the votes from the weekend with a picture of Brett Morris and he's got some six votes and that stuff. And I was just like, well, bring in the hate on the Kiri mm-hmm. thing. Um, but to Cronulla's credit, they put out a, a tweet um, saying who's going to be the Aramax player of the match. And they did not use a picture of Chad Townsend. So smart, very smart. They did use a picture of Josh Dugan, though. So, anyway, uh, we'll be back after the break to break through round number two. We've obviously discussed the Roosters at some length, uh, but there were a bunch of other games uh, in round two of 2021. We'll be back here on Not The Footy Show soon, sometimes, now. Not The Footy Show. All right, round number two, Cocksmith. Um, my tipping, it was outstanding in round one. at eight from eight. Thursday night, you came after the fact and told me I shouldn't have picked the Storm, so I thank you for that. Um, but there was another game that I may have texted you about um, later in the week. And I, I said, dude, I'm, I'm actually thinking there's no time Malolo, Corey Norman's back. I'm locking the Dragons. I'm locking the Dragons. Talk me out of it. Mm. And mm. what'd you do? I talked you out of it. <laughs> you did. You asked me to talk you out of it. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I only did what you asked me to do. I, I know. I, I just reminded you, about, I reminded you about the skeletons in the Dragons closet. And yeah. How the they... problem is the Cowboys right. have many more. They are a woeful football side. The, the Cowboys have got some drama, mate. And, you know, I, I was listening to something the other day, and, and it's true. I think it was I think it was Gus's podcast, but it was from last week where he was talking mm. about Tamalala. Um, and, you know, when you sit back and look at it, everything everything that was said is true. You know, like teams can load up on Tamalala and make him look bad. Um and then they, they pull him off the field and then the team who they're playing breathes a sigh of, sigh of relief and yeah. job done. I, I always knew that this 10-year deal with Tamalolo was going to come back and bite them at some stage. You know, $10 million deal, 10 years. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's craziness. At, at, you know, it'd be crazy to sign Nathan Cleary on a 10-year deal or Luke Keary on a 10-year deal. It's just craziness. Um, but th- that's, you know, that's the, the road they're going down and they must go down now. With that, just no before we out. get off Taumalolo, mm. Peyton went, was it pains to say, I don't want to spend, spend the next five years up in 12 months. That's effectively yep. what he was saying about it. Mm. To your point though, do you, do you just do that? I think Sterlo, somebody, somebody mentioned that and said, well, you've got him for that period of time. Why would, would you wait till the last couple of years to spend up what's left? Just get what you can out of him earlier. Mm-hmm. If you're the Cowboys, especially where they are at now, um, and I said to you last week, I think they've got a lot of blokes on big money who aren't difference makers up front for them, um, which is just mm-hmm. what it is. It, it happens. You get, you get sucked into that sometimes when you're on the market. But yeah. Tamalolo, he's just got to. Play. I mean, he heard him, he broke his hand. That's why he didn't play on the weekend. But you just got to, you got to get. This is the time. He's 27, 28 now. Yeah, it's time yeah. to time Look, to I, um, squeeze I, the sponge. I, you've really got to squeeze it, and you've got to squeeze it hard for the next three years, and then medically retire him, mate. That's you know, I'm not being, I'm not being. 
Yeah, nasty half. saying that. Oh. But that's that's what NRL clubs do. Okay, we signed him for 10 years. We realised that was three years too long. Um, get what you can out of him now. Yep. Play him for his 70 minutes or his 60 minutes, whatever he wants to play. The problem with him is, you know, and, and I think Gus touched on this, the problem with him is he, he's, a, he's a front rower. He's a battering ram. He's not a ball player. He rarely passes the ball. So even if you played him on an edge, you're still going to get the same player on the edge. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you're still going to pay him the same money. So you've got to figure out where he's the best and then just play him. Um, you know, this was a mistake in the making from the day they signed a 10-year contract. Um, but look, he's not the he's their best player. So when we when we bleed down and talk about you know they've got young Jake Clifford who's an okay player but I don't think he's he's a you know he's not the difference maker there no. I think Drinkwater would be better as halfback to be honest and we saw him come into the line quite a lot. Um, he's their most you know, dangerous like, attacking player. He is. He all, he all, he makes them look the most dangerous. Yeah. Um, you know you've you've got Valentine Holmes as you, who's your second highest paid player on the wing. So you got Roger, to be at one. Got to be at one. The, well, see, I, I still don't agree with that. But bang for your buck, you may want him with the ball in his hands a little bit more, yeah. um, and and try and get more out of him. Um, you know, I agreed with you the other day about the the Cowboys. Uh, sorry about the Dragons getting the the spoon, but I may have to change that. Well, because... the Ben Hunt Appreciation Society. It's got a new president, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, I see. I don't call him Ben Hunt. I call him Bunt. B Hunt. Mm, he was pretty good. You know, he, he was the good. dragons he, themselves. He, he, uh, the mm. commentary was interesting. I think it was um, it was Warren Smith and somebody else. I think. Oh no, it was it was Fossey. And he kept trying to talk the Cowboys up in the you know the, the tip to tap kind of way it was being played, but it just felt like the dragons were going to get the cash pretty once they once they came back after yeah. the six 0 early try to Cohen Hess, which was from a kick. And mm. that's all the Cowboys did the rest of the game was get to their last tackle and try and score tries off kicks. Do not understand mm. that. Um, mm. The Dragons looked pretty good. And Ben Hunt, big reason for it. Yeah, look, they did They did look pretty good. Um, he, he seems to have, I don't know, Griffin has forced him to get his running game back a little bit and just said, mate, you're not going to play nine or what, I don't know what's happened there. But yeah, he, he, looked, he looked better than he has for, for at least 18 months. Yeah. And... You know, um, hopefully for his sake and the team's sake, he keeps that up. But I, I've got, I've got, I've got big fears for the Cowboys, mate. They're playing. Was that the first time they played at their new stadium in front of people? Uh, did they that first round? I think they had a crowd. That first, first, that round. first game at, they did. I think they did have a crowd. Like the, the Broncos game, was it? Oh, okay. Up I last think year. they did last year, and then right after on. that, not. But that's the first time right. their crowd's been able to come out and, and watch that. And yeah, and that's what they dished up. I mean, that was woeful. Um, I, I really hope Coach Payton has got plans in his top drawer for something to do because he looks, it could be a short stay. He he looks, and you can only judge a boy what you see on TV unless you're obviously there. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But the body language is not good. No. The body language is. Yes, I've um. There's a couple, watching on YouTube. A, you didn't see me then, but um, it's it's you're rubbing your forehead. Rubbing, well, I don't quite have the Ming the Merciless look that he's got going on. If you don't know that, mm. Google it, people. Um, but he just, and then even in the presser, it's. I'm not going to say it's Seabold from last year. I would never say get to that stage. It's not but, that bad. But it was. Bad. It was like, all right, Plan A has not worked. No, it, it has not worked. I have to I have to dig down deep, and the problem for Peyton is that Plan A worked okay at the Warriors last year. Now the thing yep. that he had going for him last year at the Warriors was they had to see the year out. They could look at it two ways: they could just play out the string and get smashed, or yep. they could you know grow the grow they the backbone back up and dig in dig and, in. Pr- and they provide did. what they did. And he had the player. I mean, it's an old saying in any sport, but the players bought in. He's gone to a team that has been sitting with a stale game plan for the best part of three or four years under Paul Green. Yeah. And yeah. he's also come out and said the best player is not going to play full minutes. Mm. You know, like if your player has been there for a little while, you're a little bit, I reckon you're a little bit like, okay, let's see what you got, Todd Payton. Now, mm. is that the right attitude to have? Probably not. But no. if you're getting paid regardless, I'm just 
I'm just putting it out there. You you gotta you gotta prove to these kids or these veterans in some instances that you're the the right guy with the right answers. And hmm, sometimes the results wonder, on the field aren't gonna always look favorably on your ability. Just wondering out loud, you know. I mean, what do you Which do? What we do. You've got a you've got a top twenty five or so players. Hmm. If you don't think if you think someone's just going through the motions and not really having a crack, you start firing them early. Like, do you start sending them to the park early and bring in some young blokes? I mean, why not? What else can you do? Because, I mean, as it stands now, they're zero and two, and they'll probably be zero and three this time next week. They got Titans given this week back seen, up in Townsville. Given what I've seen, the Titans should should topple them. Yeah. Um, you know, with Tino and Fafida up there, you know, st- starting to get a little bit more acquainted with their team. Um, so I wonder what they do, you know. Um, There's a practice in the US, but, just quickly on that, you were saying about what you do with the, the high price guys, I guess is what you're saying, where yeah. they sometimes will pay a player not to play for them. They'll accept mm. the fact that the contract's a shocker and they'll basically yeah. put them down to the minors is the way they do it and they won't pay a bloke who's earning five, six, seven million bucks. They'll just eat that on the cap and say, mm. well, you're not part of what we want to do here. I know you're getting paid, yeah. but that's why we do it. Footy hasn't and, and generally done that. I don't know who that who that would be in that club because I mm. don't know the club well enough. And I, yeah. you know, but geez, there's a couple of coaches north of the border that are looking a little bit, you know, tense at the moment, isn't there? I, and I they've both message. only been in the gig for a couple of months. We'll wrap up the Cowboys just for the the, the scores' sake. It was um, yeah. 25-18 Dragons over Cowboys. Mm. We'll get to the other games in a second, but. Um, Old mate Holbrook, I think he's he's got a lot of goodwill from last year. They signed a lot of good players. I think he's fine. Um, yeah, he's sweet. I got a message at least a week ago now. It was before they even played um, the last game they played, who they play, um, the Titans. Mate, there's, there's word on the ground in Brisbane, and I know you've got more word as well, that um, some people don't think Kevy's up to it. Some well-placed people. Let's just say that. And I, that is massively I, yeah. concerning. I heard, I, I actually heard some names being spouted around um, about who would replace. You asked me to guess this. You said, send me, and I said, well, I've, I've said Wayne Bennett already, and you poo hooed that. And it's already. You said nearly everyone, but it was in the paper I'm the next day to, about Wayne Bennett. I'm not about to, um, I'm not about to divulge it on the pod, but oh. um, I'll tell you later on. Okay. I'll tell you later on. We might divulge in a uh, Insta story or something like that. You might have to follow us there at not the Footy Show. Um, there's a way of getting the list. Oh, we're up to like 22 or 15 followers. I mean, it's just it's it's taken off the last. I mean, wow. and we also oh, it's just watch out. Um, the other games. Let's quickly get through them. We'll have to get to the Broncos as well. But yep. um, I'll do the scores now so I can put the graphic up on the screen. But Parramatta 16, Melbourne 12, uh, Knights 20, Warriors 16, Titans 28, Broncos 16. Panthers 28 now over Canterbury. Yeah. Uh, 26-12, Souths over Manly. Uh, Dragons 25, Cowboys 18. Roosters 40-6 to over Tigers. We talked about that before. And then the final game, Canberra held on to beat the Sharks 12-10. We have to go quickly back to that Thursday night game and we'll be much quicker than we were last week, everybody, with this review. But um, yeah. Melbourne, not terrible. But, you know, the, the Eels, they showed us a little bit, I thought. Yeah, no, the, the Eels stuck in, stuck with them and and then obviously got over the top of them in the end. But uh, Melbourne just missed Cameron Smith, mate. That was a Cameron Smith special. If, if he plays that game, they win by one or two tries. Yeah. Um, but he didn't play, so he's he's gone. He's, he's out up on the Gold Coast somewhere, you know, retired and happy. Uh, they need to... They, in the tight games, Melbourne can, imp- can implode a little bit like that. Um, they, you know, I mean... I think at once to, at, at the right at the end there, um, they had about uh, thirty seconds on the clock or twenty five seconds on the clock, and Justin Olam kicks the ball. Yeah, they've still got two, maybe three plays, and he kicks the ball and it goes dead. That doesn't happen under under Captain Smith. No, um, you know. Uh, so telling telling I'll, substitution I'll... was when Brennan Smith got taken off. Now they've mm-hmm. been. Some stuff that had been caught in the telecast about Munster giving Smith a verbal about his service and stuff. And yeah. Smith, no doubt, plays the game a thousand percent. And he, he's this is the killer of poor old Brandon Smith is that he had to bulk himself up again to play 13. And now, yeah. because Harry Grant's injured, he's got to play nine. 
So already your body's not quite ready to play that style. But he got yanked. They put Tyson Smoothie in who missed that tackle on uh, Junior Paulo. Just a really, I mean, the yeah, other day. There's a, a reason that he hasn't played first grade yet. Smoothie, that's not a criticism. It's just that's the way it is. You've got to make those tackles. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Brandon Smith, does he miss that tackle? I don't know. I'm Probably fatigued, not. Maybe not. Probably not. If he gets there, not. You, you bring him back on right at the end. But, you know, that's the killer for the Storm is that Cam Smith just stayed out of the game the whole time. You know, yeah. that, that was yeah, never... He saves you one or two rotations. He um, does. Um, uh... It's a challenge for old Bellamy. And I think, I think personally, I think he liked that, that challenge. But it means that there's going to be some bumps for the Storm this year, you reckon? I think there'll be a couple of bumps along the way, mate. A couple of, you know, I mean, with they've got to they've got to learn how to win big pressure games or, or tight games uh, without Smith, and and you know he was always their go-to guy. He'd talk to the referee, he'd get a little bit of leeway that way. He would he would um, he made sure that that centers weren't kicking the ball with twenty five seconds on the clock. Yeah, because the way Smith would look at that is that's three opportunities lost uh, of winning this game. So. Look, I think they'll benefit from when Grant comes back, uh, Harry Grant. Um, yeah. He's still know, a few weeks away. It's not, it's not next week. Yeah, he'll, he'll keep them moving out of out of the you know out of the play the ball quickly, um, and with a little bit more probably um, finesse than Brandon Smith. But like you say, he's still probably three weeks away. You know, round five or six is what I'm hearing. And so, they've got the Panthers um, this weekend. So mm. ooh, get ready for that. Uh, Parramatta. Sorry, Para fans. We just love the Eels so much. We decided to talk about Storm for the last uh, five minutes. <laughs> um, they lost Ryan Madison to that head knock and the Kafusi suspension. Uh, the NRL's got to work itself out. I don't mind them doing 10 minutes in the bin for foul play. That's fine by me. But you've got to be consistent. They, they can't <laughs> have that situation happen again where you decide that he's done the crime and then you don't send him off for the time. He's facing two yeah. weeks for that. Um, Mitchell Look, hey, hey, right. let, me, let, yeah. let me say something about that. They're really... They're, they're, you know, the NRL uh, head office is very, very adamant that they're about getting rid of head injuries, HIAs and, you know, um, mm. brain injuries. Yet the the penalties we're seeing aren't all that great, you know. Um, you know, head chops and, and things like that. I, I, you know, if you want to, I've said this before. Let's talk about what we talked about before about Alex McKinnon. If you want to stop a player from chopping on someone's head, give him eight weeks. That's seven years ago. Honestly, that's seven years ago. Yes, I know, I know. But if you want to stop a player doing something, you've got to punish them. You've got to make it so that the coach doesn't want to see them doing it. Because if you do it, Your you're going to lose it for six to eight weeks. Um, and, and don't soften up around and do not soften up around around finals time. Correct, which is what they do. Know? Which is what they do. It's, you can set your clock by it, mate. You yeah. can set your clock by it. You used to, it used to be around origin time and now it's not, not now really it's, origin now it's finals time. time. It's around finals time. Something mm-hmm. that would normally get three or four weeks in the common season. Uh, oh, we'll give him one or two. Well, know? we won't give many if you bring out someone expensive and uh, the lawyer. Um, yeah. yeah, Paramount are good. Uh, well done. Reed Marnie good. playing very good football. Uh, Knights over the Warriors. Two similar kind of teams. I think the Knights have started the year 2-0, and which is impressive for them. They've beaten two teams they should have beaten. Uh, Warriors have got some footy in them, um, but I think they're very much not the finished article under Nathan Brown yet, and you can't really expect that to happen. Not for another four or five weeks. Yeah, I didn't see the whole game. I, I saw some, a very uh, short highlights package. Um, it looked to me, yeah, I mean, the... the, the, the Points were close, uh, scores were close, but um, they're a work in progress, you know. Look, they got to the lead with five to go, the Warriors, and then they let in a try with two to go. Good teams don't let that happen often. And it it was a bit easy that the Knights got through. The Knights, well done, 2-0. Titans, 28-16 to over the Broncos. The scoreline flat as as Brisbane. Brisbane, back to what we expected. Uh, Titans, look, they were okay. I'm not going to race around and say, oh, wow, Dave Feeder, the greatest player of all time and all the rest of it. He, he spotted up on Milford twice and that's how he got two tries. Well done. Um, but I'm, I'm pretty keen to say that uh, the Titans need to take care of business against the bad sides and show us something against the good ones soon to, to really think that they're in line for that eighth spot, which is what it seems like. There's only one spot in the eight. Uh, Kevy quickly. Um, I'm not, I wasn't making up my thing about what I'm hearing. I've actually had someone send me something. Neither was I. 
and I'm not I, I, I'm not someone who speaks in that way often. You know that cocksmith. Um, I do, but only when I hear it from someone else. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, Kevy, I just I liked his press conference. Um, if you haven't watched it, um, there's some good stuff, and he's come out at the end, which was the Kevy that I like to see. You remember, remember Happy Kevy and Funny Kevy and Make a Joke Kevy? Remember him? Yeah. Before the um, coach whisperer got in his ear and said, "Don't say New South Wales ever." Don't say um, the opposition's <laughs> name. Yeah. Team that should not be named. Um, at the end, one of the uh, journalists asked him, oh, what'd you make of the David Fafita performance? And he said, David Fafita, was he out there tonight? I didn't notice him. And I thought, mm. okay, that's a good sign for Kevy. It, it shows that he, he's been disappointed with the result, but he came at the end, he gave a little quip. Hopefully uh, they can find something because they got the Bulldogs this week. And um, if they start 0-3 and they lose to the Bulldogs, all the stuff we're referring to, it blows up again. Um, Panthers over the Bulldogs. We don't even talk about it. Um, one really, really, really good team. One really, really bad team. Twenty-eight nil. Yeah. Uh, Manly and South. Did you watch this one? Didn't see it, mate. Because I, I worked at the, um, just this week. They had the New South Wales Cup game on after the NRL game at um, Campbelltown Stadium, and I had to stay there for Sawali and uh, Sam Walker. So I didn't yeah. get home until after the end of that other game. All right. Um, South got the biscuits. They're a better side than Manly, but Manly had a little period there where you went, they might get South here. Now, with the, the players that they have, and then obviously not having Tommy and Dylan Walker experiment at fullbacks, just not working, but who else do you put there? Um, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't walk out of that if a Manly fan going, uh, we're 0-2, it's going to be a long season yet. I wouldn't, because there was enough there that said, if you give DC and Foran some quality in the field position, They'll, they'll keep them in some in some games. So, Manly fans, stay positive. <laughs> Try to. Uh, we talked about Dragons, Cowboys. The last two games, we, Roosters just way too good for the Tigers. Joey Johns, Uncle Joey, before the game, he goes, oh, I've, I've had Roosters on all the tipping comps, but today I think the Tigers are going to win. Joey, Joey, Joey. Um, I never thought there was anything more certain than the Roosters were going to go out there. With a team that, if you look well, on the paper, the Roosters were missing... Six or seven starters, let alone players from the mm. Sydney. I still. But I think the Tigers were pretty full strength, weren't they? Well, if they think that Jerry Lelua makes their team full strength, they've got another thing coming. That that's they, they, it's they, embarrassing they, where he's at now. It's embarrassing. Wow, you've slammed Joey Mate, second week in a row too. You look at poor old Luke Brooks in that game, and he cannot trust his outside shoulder. He can't can't trust it. Can't trust it. Mm. Sorry, he just can't trust it. I mentioned that you can't trust it. Uh, and then uh, sounds like an MC Hammer song. Um, Raiders 12 10 over the Sharkies. Uh, they should have won by a lot more than that, given how they played in the first half. But they only scored a try just for half time to get the 12 0 lead. And then not playing good footy, Canberra, but they're playing winning footy. And the good sides, they, they tend to do that. Mm-hmm. Didn't see any of that game. Didn't even see a highlights package, to be honest. Um, but like I said last week, I'm sure um, Ricky was smiling, and that's a good thing. Yeah, I haven't watched that press conference yet. Uh, there's the round and review at the top the Roosters with four, Panthers with four, Raiders with four, Knights with four, and Eels with four, and then the rest. Um, but we will have some more footy after the next round. And who knows? We might even do a podcast. I won't even say it. I won't, I won't no, tease don't everybody. Say it. I won't tease everybody. We'll be back after the break to wrap the show up and talk about PVL's interview with Matty Johns uh, last Wednesday night here on Not The Footy Show. Not The Footy Show. Okay, Not The Footy Show, the final segment here on episode 229. That's Rob Cox. It is. That way, I think. And I'm Warwick Nicholson. Um, He's in the light. No, he's not in the light. I am in the light. I'm in the dark. Um, If I go out here, I'm in the light. Look at that. That's delicious. Um, speaking of delicious, you just see the Cameron Smith um, Devon head from the, the, the statue. Oh, how good. Oh, how good was that? I think it's the full credit of the boys guys that did it. Um, yeah. Just yeah. beautiful. Well, their government's come out and basically said that New South Wales is now providing competition. In other words, I want to be here, but providing competition. But the beauty about the Everest, which is lost on everybody, is it's for under 30-year-olds. Kids don't want to do what their parents do. So the Melbourne Cup is a traditional race, Baron, Bellon, etc. The kids aren't engaged. 
inside, we wanted to find the rice. That there's their generational rice, it's their rice, and that's what the episode was. So in a very short period of time, it's really worked. And, and it shows you if you have the right product and the right marketing and the right brand, you, you can do anything. And I want to bring that to rugby league as well. We want to get to that younger audience, and that's why participation is so important. We've discovered that if you play the game, even if it's just tip or tap, and you've played for three years, you become a fan for life. And they're your customers, they're your future customers. And the thing I think all sports do wrong, and, this, and I think rugby league in particular, it never looks after its customer, it never looks after its fan. It looks after its players greatly, it looks after the table. So everyone wants to participate, but the person that pays the revenue was not, not, not considered. PBL was on Matty John's face to face. I enjoyed this interview. Yep. Did you watch it? No. I've seen it yet. I will. Short segment. I've sent. Oh, I sent Cocksmith a little little blurb, um, and he was talking about his racing involvement, and they got to talk about the Everest, at the risk of yeah. sending Cocksmith to sleep. Effectively, what PBL said was that they targeted a different market, and it was successful. They've gone the young brigade, and they're turning out in droves. And it's been a, a great win for him. And, and he made a very telling comment. And you've already heard it before this segment started, but for the sake of what we're doing now, he basically said that. Um, if you brand something well enough, it works. That's effectively what he said. And then he turned his attention yep. to rugby league and he said, one of the great uh, challenges that I have is to bring that to rugby league. Mm-hmm. Before we get to what he next says, on a scale of one to 10, how well do you think a fan in rugby league feels an affinity to the game of rugby league. Do you know what I mean? Like, what? How strong do you reckon that bond is between one and ten? Well, I, I, I think you, the question would have to be changed a little bit to how close do they feel, or how connected do they, do they feel to their club, and how connected do they feel to the NRL? Because mm. it's very two very very different things. Rugby league, then let's go with rugby league. If you if you right now, what do you think the majority of fans? And this is obviously a hypothetical. What do you think that yeah. number's at? With rugby league, I don't know. I, I think it changes for people, mate. I mean, if people, you know, there's some people out there that want to be heard with everything they say and want people to take advice and all that kind of. I, I, if you're one of those needy kind of people, I reckon you feel about two out of ten. But if you're a person that just watches rugby league and and you know feels like you know the players a little bit and stuff, I'd say you're probably around up around about a seven. Okay, I think it's closer to so, eight just as a okay. general feel. And mm. look, yes, there are the very vocal people who say, oh, I'm never going to follow rugby league again and all that garbage. Yeah. I think there is something great about that tribalism. We've used that word a million times in the thousand mm. shows, but footy fans feel like footy is theirs. I don't think, I don't think that they yeah. feel a disconnect, that it's no longer their game, okay? Yeah. Um, so PBL then comes out and he says, one of the great challenges any sport has, and particularly rugby league, is that they don't look after their core customer, which is their paying fan. Their... See, that's a different that's a different question. Exactly. Looking so, after. Yes. That's that's why I asked the first part of the question. Right. Because yeah. I don't think there is a disconnect between a fan and rugby league, regardless of how poorly administrated some people think the game is or how poorly run a club is or how the player behavior is and all the rest of it, all those things, the negatives that you put there. I don't think there is a massive gap, but for PBL to come out and say that he wants to start looking after the ones that pay their, their salaries after he Mm. says, we've now looked after players. We've now looked after TV and all the rest of it. I guess the question and ask you guys at home as well, listening, but it's nice to say we're going to look after the fan, but what does that actually manifest as Fox Smith? Is there something that you think the game could do better in looking after that paying customer? It's a really, I know it's a very detailed and layered question all the rest of it. But. Yeah. Well, it is layered because I think it depends on who you ask. And and I play devil's advocate for a moment. I think yeah. if you say to, if you, if you say to, from, from the NRL's point of view, communicating with the fans or, or making them feel more like they own the sport it's that's a marketing strategy that's a that's a strategy that's not a a touchy-feely thing Hmm. um from the fans i I don't know what more you could do to really to be honest i don't know what more you could do to make them feel like they they're part of it i mean Hmm. you know it's one of those sports that you you 
when you go and watch it in person, you feel like you're on top of it. You hear everything. You almost feel everything. If you, at some grounds, you might even get a spray of sweat on you, dare I say, it, in these COVID times. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I, I'm not sure what I, I, I don't really get what you could do to make the sport, um, to make the sports fans embrace it more. I, I really don't know. I'm, that's exactly how I feel, mate. And that's why his comment I thought was a very not not ambiguous, but it was like, okay. And he, he referred see, to the fact some, that sorry. Yeah. From his point of view, he might be thinking of some grand marketing plan that they've been talking about that they're going to implement, mm. which might bring more people to the footy. I, I don't know. I mean it, I do think that there's two different sides of the equation. I think from PBL's point of view. You know, like he spoke about, and he referred to the um, what was it called, the Epson or whatever it was. Yeah, no, the Everest. The Everest. Um, that was a successful marketing campaign. That's what that was. That that's brought more young people, a different, slightly different demographic, from the old brown suit, you know, seventy-year-old brigade. Yeah. So you know, I think I think um, a marketing campaign is very different to a legitimate strategy to make people embrace the sport more or well, make, make them feel like yeah yeah mm. because let's be honest i mean as long as the gates keep turning and the and the money keeps coming in from the tv what more do you have to do i mean really i mean i know that there'll be people out there saying you're an idiot coxie you, you've got to do a lot more than that well I, I, of course i know that but you know when you can fill a stadium on grand final day with eighty-five thousand people and when you're the highest paid sport broadcast sport in australia what more can you do yeah that's why i put that question out there because it's it's a comment that sounds really good on paper but what does it mean and i guess i invite anybody out there if you've got a a view on this hit us up via facebook twitter insta or whatever and let us know if you think there's a a discernible way that he can do anything because i'm sitting here going I think the fan is connected to the game pretty well. The only yeah. thing I can think of, if you were trying to put it into a tangible element, and that is your crowds week to week. Now, having worked at the NRL and sat in meetings where you've had a piece of paper with the, the numbers of the crowds from the week before and where the targets were, and this is back from the Dave Smith era, and you sit around a table, and I'm not, I'm not criticising people, it was, what, it was the situation we were in, and it was yeah. like, turn around these numbers in four days before the game starts. How can you get more people through the gates in four days? Sometimes we'd obviously think longer out for origin and the rest of it. And that, I guess what I'm saying is that that's the, that's the challenge is if you want to make that comment, you are, I think, linked to the people who are coming through the gates. And he also did reference the whole boutique stadium idea and all the rest of it. But it's not an easy thing to do because rugby league fans don't want to be told that you're not a good enough supporter. And that no, is one way you no. can look at his comment. You can yeah. look at it that way. And I just think yeah, you're I... really careful that you don't um, make a demand of fans that they that they let in the game down by not being at the game. And, they, and mm. it's something that I've never really uh, aligned with when it comes to the way some clubs do marketing campaigns. It's like you're not a fan if you're not a member. I hate that, I hate that mentality because you're immediately yeah. telling everybody who can't physically get to the game that you're not as important. Yeah. No, look, I, mate. I, I mean, I've never belong. I've never been a member of any club in my life. Um, but the only thing that you just came to mind while you were speaking, the only thing that comes to mind is they can do more with with regional areas in rugby league. I think, and I think that's not the fans' fault that they can't get to that. Yeah. Get to games or, or whatever. But you know, that's a that's a very small slice of the whole money pie that they'd be appeasing, and it would cost them a larger slice than it would to make them make than it would make them but yep. um yeah mate, i can't really think of anything so maybe pbl's got a grand marketing plan to make people feel more embraced by the sport mm. i don't know we shall see so that was, if you haven't seen the interview it's worth having a look at i'm sure you can get it in a lot of different places uh final thing here on the footy show uh we said we're on instagram now uh, not the footy show um, you're obviously still on Facebook and Twitter. And if you haven't given us a v- review on Apple Podcasts, 
please. Please. Mm. Um, yeah. BB Sports Design. Uh, I just tried to flick this through. You haven't seen it yet, but I came across this and it's one of the things I put on the new Instagram page. And it was an old Gold Coast Giants, um, Gold Coast Tweed Giants jersey. Which you've probably yep. you've seen it. It looks really cool. And he's a kid, uh, not a kid, a man, sorry, um, from uh, Tasmania. Name's Ben. And he's done these awesome retro uh, designs of current and old um, jerseys. He's yep. so good at it that the North Sydney Bears have actually picked up his design for their jersey this year. Um, and it's going, harking back to that day of the, um, I'm showing it on the YouTube thing. The black. The, the black with the black stripes that came down the front, like almost like um, little uh, U's that grew, up, grew bigger as they went. And I just wanted to give a shout out because I saw his stuff and went, this is the kind of content that I just love seeing pop up over the internet in rugby league land as, as well, because it's all this timeless stuff. You harken back to when, you know, we grew up Cogsmith and you, you saw your old teams in your really distinctive jerseys and probably the, 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 the flow on effect of, of giving out. So it's at BB sports design on Insta and on Facebook. Um, we have had a few shocking jerseys already this season, mate. Um, is there something wrong with the old stuff or is it just the rose colored glasses coming into mind, my mind, mate? Cause that Parramatta jersey in round one, what was going on there? Yeah. You know, I, I shot the uh, I shot the Bears headshots a few weeks ago, and and noticed their kind of reverse jersey, so mainly black with red stripes. Yep. Um, and I, you know, I mentioned, I said to the trainer who brought the jerseys, I was like, these look good, and I said, isn't it funny how nearly every black jersey looks good? I mean. I have I don't know how long since they've worn it, but the Cronulla black jersey, which yeah, was that was good. Nearly the South's black jersey, you know. Um, remember the South's one, which is nearly all black apart from yep. a little bit of red and green on it. When what about when South changed their shorts to the black? They went away from the white and went to the black. Immediately made their their um, their regular home home jersey look even better. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not sure, mate. I, I don't know. I I uh, I think they. Maybe they just update the jerseys all the time to try and get some cash. Yeah, I, I, that that'd be that, that'd be why. There's no doubt that's a mm. that's a money maker for them. I just there's a, there's a concept in the states of the third jersey thing, and NRL's done bits and pieces here. You have an Anzac jersey and a, you know these yeah. different things. I don't know. I think there's some real value. Look at the Panthers' main jersey. It's a cracker. It's the old '91 mm. um, licorice all sorts. Mm. Like yeah. I know we're all old. And we love old things and all the rest of it, but. Then I saw the Dragons away strip on the weekend. I don't know what no, that's supposed like to it. be. Um, just know. why can't you just be the Illawarra Steelers for a week? I don't get that. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm with you. And the design of old Coach Griffin's um, polo. I'm sorry, yeah, that, that's one of the worst things I've ever seen. Uh, but Kevy, back to Kevy. He's he, they've mm. rebranded the um, Seabold um, plaid, the uh, the country oh, yeah. road stuff. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, new sponsors because you know you can't have the old sponsors linked to that era. Um, no. but, but that was what I want to do I want to shout out BB Sports Design with some awesome stuff if you haven't seen it I'll post more of it on the um, the Insta page and I'll probably do a video on it as well for the YouTube channel mm. just highlighting some of the really good stuff that he is doing Cocksmith that is the podcast my friend beautiful What? how many minutes are we up to? It's got to be over 45 doesn't it? okay well that's alright that's not too bad uh, yeah we're, we're done, trying we're, we're trying done. to bring it shorter people I'm sorry but yeah you know, we just, start we, just go down rab- we just go down rabbit holes and then start talking, you know, uh, just... More garbage as opposed to the regular garbage. Yeah. Uh, Cocksmith's yeah. on Instagram and he's he's posting again. So R-O-B-B-C-O-X, bit of rugby yeah. league for you. I'm still waiting for any photo of you being at a ground so I can put it to the Not The Footy Show one and say to people, hey, look, we're on the ground. Because yeah. I've been stuck yeah. in my house for the whole last two weeks because of the wet. Um, mm. I'm looking forward to getting to a game soon. So... Um, Threatening. I'm threatening. I'm this threatening week. Again. This weekend. I've only got Thursday, Friday this weekend. So you'll be doing, so, let me just, uh, are you doing the grand final rematch? Thursday night. At Penrith. And then Friday night in Wollongong. Oh, you got the six o'clock. So Dragons and Seagulls. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this weekend, just quickly, we'll go through it very, very fast because we won't do a podcast. You know that, kids. Um, mm. Penrith or Melbourne, who you got? Penrith. I'll go Melbourne. If Nathan um, Cleary plays. Yes. Well, that's my proviso as well. Uh, Dragons and Manly. Oh. Uh, Manly, coming off a loss. 
yeah, I think I'm with you as well. Uh, Rabbitohs and Roosters. This is a big clash on Friday night. Roosters. Yeah. Um, especially if Adam Reynolds can't back up after that HIA, which was an interesting one. I'm surprised oh, yeah. that Sean Keppy didn't get anything for that. Um, Raiders and Warriors, Saturday afternoon. Raiders. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, but not with, not with happiness. Uh, Broncos and Bulldogs, the, the titanic wooden spoon clash of... Well, hang on. The Cowboys aren't in this game. My bad. Um, Broncos and Bulldogs. Jeez, in, you know what? I saw Bulldogs get... I saw the Bulldogs not even not even worry the Penrith Panthers one little bit last week. And, you know, I'm death riding the Broncos because I just want to see them keep losing. But I think I might have to take the Broncos on that yeah, one. I'm in a similar boat. Uh, Parramatta and the Sharkies on Saturday night. I don't think, this is, oh, I don't think it's that clear up. I haven't, I haven't minded what I've seen I'm from I'm taking the um, Eels. Yes, so will I. But I'm just going to try and butter up the Sharkies fans. Oh, okay. Uh, I've out. seen a little bit from the Sharkies that says... They're not as ordinary as what I thought they might be this year. Um, Wade Graham playing pretty good football for them. Yeah, uh, Knights and Tigers, the four o'clock game. Uh, Tigers on Knights. Sunday afternoon football for three weeks in a row. And it'll be three losses. <laughs> um, Cowboys and Titans is this Sunday night football game. So good luck if you're coming from around Townsville with any length of your drive because you're not coming to Sunday night football at six o'clock. These are the ones I never understand. I just go, TV, I'm sorry, you can't, you can't dictate that one. Uh, Titans, thank you. Um, that's the podcast, 229 Sorted. That's Roberto Cocksmith. I'm Warwick Nicholson. I'm at NRL Tweet on Twitter. We're now at Not The Footy Show on um, Insta and Facebook NRL Podcast. Um, we will speak to you next time. Cocksmith, did you think of a nice catch cry during the week or not? No, I haven't got one yet because I haven't really had a lot of brain space. Um, I'll think of one this week, I promise. I'm okay. driving to Victoria on Saturday, so I will think of one. The other thing that I'm going to put back on the, the radar for you is that um, we've obviously got our little, you know, our blurb, uh, what do you call it, uh, sting that happens with the Not The Footy Show thing. I'd love to hear some other stings or some other little bits and pieces of music. I know you can you can get the old um, guitar out and do some stuff, Cox. Yeah. If you've got some, yeah. um, some segue stuff, some segue music, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, I might play some elevator music for you. That'd be sensational. Like. That gives me an excuse to use the Star Wars elevator tune. I haven't used that for a couple of years. That's coming back at the end of the show. Uh, we'll speak to you soon on Not The Footy Show, everyone. Yep, sir. Not The Footy Show. It's people's escape. It's people's relaxation. And we need to do everything in order to continue that great uh, tradition of... Not The Footy Show. Pepsi. <laughs>